As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome in to another episode of One of These Years, our Detroit Lions podcast. Chris Burke back... uh in the QB spot this week, I guess, <laughs> along with Nick Baumgartner, Colton Pouncey, uh, at practice. He had a long, in a long Tuesday too. They had the early practice, the late night hard knocks. He had to write after that. So uh, hard knock. I would think hard knocks. The finally got the debut episode there. Would, uh, hey, it was, I mean, pretty good. I think. I um, I think it did a really good job of explaining. Um, who the coaching staff is. I mean, I think, and I think that I was interested to see how much, and I, I will be in, cause it's going to Campbell said, I think today I saw Colton tweeting that he didn't watch it. Um, and he probably won't watch it. I guess that means, but like if he finds out that this whole episode was just about him and the staff and the next episode is about just him and the staff, <laughs> right, he's going to be yeah. like, this is bullshit. You guys need to change this. So I would assume that there'll be more stories about players going forward. Um, because that's a big part of the reason why the Lions wanted them here. But, I mean, you know, the story here is the staff and Campbell. So I thought they did, and the culture that they're building, and I thought they did a really good job of showing the genuineness of that. Stuff that you and I have seen, and Colton is starting to get to see now. Stuff that you and I saw, you know, a year ago when there were no cameras out there, when there was nobody out there, no people out there, you know, and it's just like, the up downs that was a cool scene and then i thought too chris i was curious your thoughts like probably not a better um little snippet to sum up who dan campbell is than that little shot they showed um after the first day in pads uh when he made him hit and he did the full day it was right after a day off and he yep. was like i can see some of you guys looking at me right now and he got emotional and you could see him talking to them like you know you got to trust me, right? Like you got to trust me. And that is so different. Like you never, you're never going to see that. People look at the up downs and all that. That's whatever. You're never going to see that sort of conversation in, in other teams. It's just not going to happen. Coach to team, right? So I don't know. I'm curious your thoughts, what stuck out to you, but that's kind of the stuff that watching it really kind of hit me. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I saw some people mentioning the thing you said about like they taught Hutchinson, you know, they did a the little thing with his yeah, family and like and Jamal that, yeah. Williams was a little bit in there, sure. but mm-hmm. that was 
that was pretty much it for the players. There yeah. wasn't a lot of focus on the players. So I would be curious to see uh, if that transitions at all. I mean, I assume like they didn't even mention, they barely mentioned golf. Like they didn't, I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't know if Jamison Williams was on screen at all. Nope. <laughs> you know, there, there's some guys on this team that you think at some point uh, are going to get some face time here. Um, I know like Frank Ragnow was mic'd up for at least one of the practices. So yeah, like, yeah, it, so it's get, Anzalone. Yeah, they've done it with a lot of guys. Yeah. They're going to get some guys on there. But I, I mean, I think to your point, like people sort of, I think people get tired of hearing sometimes us talk about the change in culture and like how much different it is and everything. But yeah, you like that episode alone sort of hammers home. That, I mean, the Hutchinson thing, singing in the room and all the play other guys yeah. jumping up and singing with him like that would not have no. gone on in the last regime. <laughs> like, and, and can you imagine? Can you even imagine? And Staley and Deuce, or Staley and Glenn out there, you know, talking trash and going at each other during practices right in yeah, front of Campbell. Yeah. And like, right. Yep. Uh, I don't know, just all this stuff that sort of goes back to what we've been talking about for, you know, a year and a half, two years now. Just it has a different feel. And I don't know that it's going to work. Like, you, right. who exactly. knows? You know, exactly. like, again, if they're five and a, five and 12 this year, uh, and Campbell's, he's going to be the exact same guy. And, you know, like at some right. point, you have two or three years where you're not winning games. Those looks from players about going an extra, you know, <laughs> pads mm-hmm. on the first day, they're going to go from like curious to like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And right. so that, you know, eventually you got to win some games. But I think the atmosphere is such a big deal. And I think that's why the coaches, uh, were spotlighted. I mean, I guess just since you pay so much attention both to this team and the NFL and, and college football too, mm-hmm. I mean, do you think we're going to see more coaches like this coming really through do. the ranks? Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just, just like, I mean, it seems like the Belichicks of the world are... Yeah, they're dying out here. Fading uh, out a little bit? Fading. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's a fair... And you know, and who knows, right? That's a... Everything is cyclical and Belichick is such a unique... It's a weird thing because he's so unique, right? As we've discovered, like there's nobody else like him. And so many people try to copy that. And we found out that it's impossible and you just can't do it. But, and I thought about this a lot. We've talked about it so many times um, when they hired him, when they hired Campbell. And I told you right away, I was like, he reminds me of Brady Hoke in all the best ways that I can remember Brady Hoke. But there are also parts about him, and we've probably talked about it on the show, but there were parts about Brady that were bad as a football coach that just weren't good because he struggled with and at the time. And, you know, you talk to Brady now and he'd probably tell you, you know, communication was a big thing, not admitting, um, not being able to maybe sometimes not admit, but like sometimes know when you're making a mistake in the moment, like Brady was one of the guys, but he wasn't one of the guys, right? He didn't play. He did play, played in college. Campbell played in the NFL for whatever. He's been through all this. There's nothing that they haven't seen that he hasn't been through. And I think that you can see it come across that, like, uh, win, lose, or draw, there's a vibe here. And I really do think that that vibe is going to be copied um, some. How much? I don't know. Like, if they win, if the Lions are average this year or whatever, that's going to be copied all over the place. The nice guy hires are going to start to happen, I would think. And hopefully the former player hires, because that's really, I think, what – you know, if anything, that episode was probably about showcasing, you know, Kelvin Shepard and Deuce and AG and those guys and, you know, all the assistants that they have here. Because those guys are guys that Dan wants to get 
elevated too. So, you know, I do think that this is something, and I've wondered a lot about it, you know, how much it gets replicated, but also like it's, that's pressure on Dan Campbell to win for all the guys like him, <laughs> I think, because he has to win to prove that you can do it like this for other guys like him, because there are other guys in the NFL like Dan Campbell. I really do think that. Um, yeah. That you could give a shot to, and they maybe would make you look pretty smart. But as we've talked about, he's got to win, man. Like if he if this fails, you're not gonna no. It'll be well it turned it turned into a you know it turned into an all a friends club. It wasn't it you know it was no we weren't making hard decisions because we felt bad for each other you know that kind of stuff. And uh, that's what you try to guard against. So you got to win games. Yeah, I mean, I think he talked about this a little when he got here too, because obviously he's. I mean. They're old school football guys in the way that they right. approach the game itself. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, he talked about when he got here just um, sort of growing as and like changing to to meet what current players need from their coach. Right. Like, it's, right. It's yeah, not, exactly. uh, it's not uh, like you're not out there for it's different. You're not doing two days every single day at training camp in the heat. Like we're having conversations about mental health now and they're mm-hmm. scouting players based off what they post on social media and like right. it's just a different environment and so I think you, if nothing else you can give Dan Campbell credit for being I mean he's a tight end from Texas who came up playing for Parcells like he was there was a time there where you would have oh, put yeah. him in as like just the prototypical like meathead guy yep. and I think to some you see some of that still come out for sure but I think you've got to give him credit and give some of these coaches credit because I think you have seen them shift to yeah, meet what yeah. the current NFL players need from their coach. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think that, you know, you talk about like Campbell wanting the players to be highlighted in the show, and I'm sure that's true. But I bet he doesn't mind getting Glenn and Staley exactly. extra yeah. time because he wants those guys. He's going to be sad when they leave, but he wants those guys oh, yeah. to be head yeah, coaches. And you see them and – it's not far off, man. Like those guys are going to be head coaches soon. So, uh, I think he'll like that aspect of it, that he's getting the chance to, to show off the staff that he's built a little bit. Yeah. It's just, it's been a unique, I guess, however long it's been that he's been here. And it's hard, like you said earlier, like it's hard to sort of explain to people who can't see it, um, you know, what this is and what it's about. And a lot of times I point to one quote that we had in the story that we wrote about, Campbell uh, last year when we talked to all his friends and I think it was it was one of the McKinney brothers Seth or Steve and they talked about how it's something that's hard to it's hard for old players to sort of explain but they're like you know if you've been in a locker room setting your whole life if you've grown up sort of as an adult through college through your 20s through your 30s even in a locker room with other people like in a football setting like they're there's a level of like maturity that your head hits as a ceiling. Like you only get so, you only get so far as a professional, right? And you have this language that's sort of shared amongst you that you know and only you know. And his point was like Dan speaks that language better than any coach in the league. He understands what they're going through every second of every day, all day long. When they're at home, when they're worried, you know, you saw at the beginning of the thing where he's like, don't start counting the roster sheet yet. We're not doing that. The quote about the Metallica lyric is whatever, but it also <laughs> is one that it's also one that makes sense because yeah. you know what I mean? And, you know, I think that that's the uniqueness of it. And um, that's what shines through 
Uh, and that's why he's different. It's hard to, it's hard to explain. It's hard to write about sometimes, but you know, they did a good job of showing that. Um, and I don't know how, how it would, it would be hard not to, I think, but you know, Hey, good job. <laughs> they did a good job showing it, but it's hard, you know, you're around Dan Campbell for 10 minutes and you can kind of tell. Yeah. And I think, I guess the last thing I would say is just not to keep harping on just the difference between the last regime and this one, but I think it was interesting. I, they had the reasons why they went out and hired Matt Patricia. A big one was that they had already hired Bob Quinn and he wanted right. Matt Patricia. But, you know, they had the reasons for saying, all right, this is a guy who's been, he hasn't been here. He doesn't know this place. It's totally different. He's been in a winner. He can maybe recreate it here. We need something that yes. takes us way away from what we've been. Right. And I think we saw that the mistake in that was that you you just can't do that in this place. You cannot say... Like, forget about the history, forget about what the fans have been through, forget about, you know, mm-hmm. what the people around here are like. Like, you can't do that. This is all ingrained in the organization. Right. And now we see, like, Dan Campbell has, for, like you said, for however long it's been here, you know, it feels like it's been longer than it has. It, really does, it hasn't yeah. even been, you know, it's been a year and a half, a little more than a year and a half. But you see that he just fits and they're br- continue to bring in guys who fit what, not just this team is looking for, but what they know that the people around here will rally around. You know, they're bringing in guys who are going to work hard. They're going to be good people off the field. Like all this stuff that it, it's still, you still want to win games, but it is, there is sort of a, I mean, there is almost a college feel to it, just yeah. the way that they built this thing. So it, it is, and we've been telling people about it. And a lot of that stuff we haven't, you know, we don't get to see. Hear right. him in the locker room like that, and so I think it was just sort of uh, confirmed everything we thought we knew um, about what was going on exactly. behind the scenes. Yeah, that's so, well said. yeah, uh, yeah, really interesting. It's a fun show to watch. So, yeah, they do a great job. I was I hadn't watched the last couple seasons. Um, I can't remember the last one I watched. Um, so this is the first one I'd seen in a little while, and um, yeah, they get everything, man. They they got the Sewell hit on Okuda that we wrote. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. They made him look like um, – because Colton got the link or whatever, I think, a little early. And was t- t- he was like, oh, they got the Sewell hit. It looks amazing or whatever. And I'm so I'm like – I'm watching it. And I'm like sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God. It looks like that scene from Rudy when that, like, lineman pulls up and he's in slow motion. You know what I mean? And he's running yeah. into open space and he just buries the guy. I'm like, him, holy yeah. shit. That looked pretty cool. And you're like, wow, yeah, those cameras that they have at every single inch of that field uh, look pretty good. It's quite an operation. Did you know, I don't think the Lions even got to see the show um, pretty much until it aired. I mean, they might have saw it an hour or two before, mm. I think, right? Like, that's that's it. So it's pretty, pretty interesting crazy how they do too, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, it, it is cool, all the stuff they get. They do a great job presenting it. I mean, I think it was interesting, too, um, I mentioned Hutchinson off the top and, and I know you, uh, uh, like heard it from people on Twitter. What that Sewell, like he lost that one rep to Sewell. They showed the, you know, they showed the highlight of Sewell shutting him down. So I thought it was interesting that, uh, they got it. They did air a a little bit of that back and forth between Sewell and Hutchinson and showed a couple of Sewell wins and then Sewell talking about whatever the move was that Hutchinson did, where he's like, I wasn't ready for that. That was pretty good. (laughs) You know? So I think that, uh, I hope they show more of that because that certainly is like 
for me, that's, that's the, the yeah. matchup in camp yes. right now. Like Sewell yeah. and Hutchinson, and, I, and it seems like it, it seems like if I'm guessing, they get that. You know, I mean, they're around us too a lot, and they hear what we talk about. Yeah, um, and I we've talked. You know, that first day, that's all anybody talked about was in pads was Sewell because Sewell looked so good, and it was everybody staring at those two. And so I hope yes, like I saw the little clip that they had about Decker sort of pulling Panay aside and saying like, look, you know, the pads are on. It's time to go push these guys. Nobody took it easy on you, um, you know, last year when you were swimming in it. So right, let's go, right. let's go kick his ass a little bit. Like that's the kind of stuff that you want to see and you want to see come across because, you know, we're going to get into the team here in a second, but like I was out there yesterday uh, and I hadn't seen them since Friday. I didn't go to the scrimmage. So, and they did not hit on Friday. The last time I saw them hit live, live was like middle of last week. So it'd been about a week. And I would tell you that Aiden Hutchinson uh, has gotten better in a week because he's making Panay Sewell work harder and he has more answers for him. And you can tell, you know what I mean? Like there are reps that he's, he's losing more than he's winning against Panay because Panay's very good, (laughs) but he's winning more than anybody else is against Panay is what I would also argue with you. And when they do one-on-ones, every time I go over there, I don't see Panay or Aiden working against anybody else. It's just those two. Mm. So um, that is definitely something to watch and monitor as we go forward here. Do you get an IMDb credit or anything for uh, no? Your hopefully not. <laughs> I was I, disappointed. I, they we just didn't got get to see Colton's, Colton's name, <laughs> yeah, right in there. Yeah, <laughs> and like we got the the yeah, and he's like, it's just my name on the little tile. I'm like, okay, well at least they got that in there. <laughs> And he's like, your voice is in there. I'm like, okay, well, hopefully no one will know that <laughs> it's me, but maybe some will. I'm sure the listeners picked up, maybe one or two. Uh, all right. Well, let's get, they got the Good preseason show. opener on uh, Friday night against yes. Atlanta. I will be out there for that one. I did. I went out to practice last uh, Friday. I went to the scrimmage on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. Not in official media capacity. I took my kid down, but, you know, watch the, watch yeah. the you know, you quote 60,000 people. Right? It was a big. It was a nice turnout for. Uh, <laughs> Pretty good. It was more than last year for sure. Yeah, right. Um, I think uh, some. Uh, it was Corey Woods tweeted that it was hard to park, and if you know what that means, then you know <laughs> the size of the crowd. And I was like, "That's pretty good. I know right. what that means. Pretty yeah, hard to park." Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a good turnout. Um, I, I don't know. I, mean, I think that they're in a good spot. It'd be interesting to see them. They got the matchup against the Falcons. Dan Campbell said they're going to play mm-hmm. the starters a little bit, and they go to Indianapolis. Uh, when does that start? Tuesday yes. practices there, and then yep. that game next week, which I would assume we won't see the starters in that game. Usually, when no. the, the joint practices, you leave the starters out there for most of those joint practices, and that kind of counts as your preseason reps, right? And Colton, uh, so. Colton will be there for that, and we're going to do a show uh, with him from Indy next week, so. Stay tuned for that as well. And that's a cool setup. I don't know. I don't yes. know if you've been to that Indianapolis. I actually have. No, no. It's uh, it's cool. It's like its own little. It, there's like a. At least last time I was down there, there's like a par three golf course. Oh <laughs> like god, that's nice awesome. little indoor, there nice indoor facility, and then two or three fields, and they let you get. Again, it, it was. I think it was the previous regime that I was there, but like yeah, previous Colts regime. But you know, they when I last time I was there, they let you walk right up like to the sideline as they were practicing. Oh, wow. So, yeah, wow. Where is um, it at? Is it in Indy or is it outside? It's not in Indy. It's like in Anderson or something. Anderson. Okay, yeah, uh, I know where it is. Is that a I city? Yep. That a yep. city? Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I love all that. I love Indy. I, I, I'm a 
A lot of people don't, but I'm a. I like Indianapolis. Yeah, and I do the surrounding too. area. So, yeah, it's a cool, cool setup. It'll be a good, uh, good spot to have joint practices. Like I said, I, the one joint practice I did was the Raiders out in Napa right, Valley, yeah. at, like the behind a high school, like the. <laughs> The uh, people who read the story, the first story from that week might remember it, but like the work, the weights, there wasn't a weight room. So they had like the weights outdoors in the California, like August heat under this like tin God roof almighty. awning. <laughs> it was just Patricia ridiculous. was in absolute heaven for that, ridiculous whole, for that whole thing. Uh, yeah. But the joint practices are, are pretty great. They get you some good right, looks yes. and the one-on-ones are always fun. There's always... With this Lions team, you would assume there'll probably be uh, at least one minor scrap at some yes, point. Yes, yes. Oh God, yeah. And the Colts are, <laughs> you know, they're that's what you know. The Colts are putting some serious work in here too because they're changing their team, you know. And I imagine yep. this is going to be good. This will be good for both sides. And they, you know, they uh, did they play each other last year in the preseason, and then Campbell and Reich made that like deal ahead of time about like we're not going to play our starters. Am I remembering this wrong? Uh, or did that happen? You know, is that? I can't yeah, remember that that preseason. sort of happened. That so I think right. my point sounds, is <laughs> they I did think, play last preseason. Yeah, point is, I think Campbell and Frank Reich are like friends or friendly. So I wonder yeah. this could be kind of a cool, cool deal. I'm wondering how this will go, but we'll have it. We'll have it covered <laughs> for you, wall to wall from Colton. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, and it, yeah, I think it'll be a good test for the Lions. They got yes, the Colts have exactly. some guys who can go. They have some big physical. Receivers, mm-hmm. they're really good, good test yeah. for the uh, for the DBs. They've got some guys up front on on uh, defense the line. Um, like you're going to go get in Ingu- Gakwe yeah. now on, mm-hmm. at the edge. Quiddy pays mm-hmm. down there, um, yep. right? It'll be a really Buckner's good and playing inside. So they got some guys for all sure. the all the areas you'd say that the Lions need to be tested right now. Like the Colts have some guys that will test them. You know what I mean? Like that's yep. what it's kind of how I look at it. So it's a perfect little challenge for them. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, all right, so Lions Friday opener. Um, they released their, you know, depth chart as they're required to do. It doesn't yeah. mean all that much uh, early on, but um, expecting to see the starters for maybe a series or two on each mm-hmm. side of the ball. Uh, I don't know. Just we can get into this a little bit position by position, but just overall, um, what are you looking for this first game out here? Well, I think that the number one thing is. You know, is Jared Goff going to look like he's looked every time I've seen him every day since OTAs? Because, you know, I'll say it here. He's had a terrific offseason. And not just good or average, like very good, terrific, great. He's been really good. Like he's been, and again, like yesterday, I was out there and he's dropping dimes over the top. Him and DJ Shark have a really good rapport going right now. We know that he had one with... St. Brown and Reynolds. Um, he is in full command of the team and the offense. Uh, he looks like a person who is more sure of himself. All of that, I want to see in whatever time they give him against another team. A, if he looks, if we're if we're seeing similar, you know, him being willing to take more chances down the field when they're there, or at least give guys a shot in more contested balls. Is he willing to do that? And B, if he does make a mistake, are they going to let him hang in there and see? if he can pick back up and go, because if the, if he goes against, you know, the ones and, and his struggles or whatever, and kind of looks like Jared Goff again, and we don't see him, you know, like that's going to be a, that's not what we saw from him all camp. What we've seen from him all camp is what I would tell people here. He's been really good. And the offense has looked good. And you can say whatever you want about the defense as part of that, which is fair, 
But last year at this time, as Chris knows, the offense did not look good and the defense still looked bad. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Really want to see as he, that's where it starts for me. And as little or most, I don't know how much he'll get, but you know, you, you will not talk to one person in Lions camp right now, even in an honest moment that would tell you anything but they've been really, really happy with Jared Goff. Really, really happy with how he's worked and prepared and. Seems like he's ready to go. So I want to see what he looks like against another team. That's my first thing right off the shoot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would sort of spins into the wide receivers a little bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I, the DJ Shark, you mentioned the rapport that's building there. And I think, you know, we talked to Ben Johnson, watched some film with him about mm-hmm. Shark right. yeah. and Josh Reynolds. And, you know, as he was going through that, he was saying, look, here's all this stuff that we know Shark can do. We're going to find out some of these other things he can do, too, because there's there might be more there than what he sh- was able to show. And I think that's been, for me, that's really been interesting. Like the deep balls. Yeah. You know, he's going to press cornerbacks with his speed because he can just go and turn it up. And yeah. but I think I haven't seen him as much as you, but the route running looks a right. lot more it's better nuanced and smarter yeah. than I thought it was, to be honest, yes. or that he's been able to show. So and I think that that's what has been interesting. I mentioned the big takeaway for me for the couple of times I've seen Goff is not just that he's throwing the ball well, it's that, it, like you said, he's willing to throw right. some of those yep. passes where guys are not open necessarily. Mm-hmm. And and that was that was one of the lines that uh, Ben Johnson said to us that stuck out to me. It was like, and I'm going to paraphrase it here because I don't have it right in front of me, right. but it was like, don't do just do your job. Don't worry about is he open? You know, does he exactly. have a bunch of space? Like, rip it. Yeah, throw the ball. And let him go do what he's supposed to do at the end of it. So, yep. like, if Shark is – if the if the cornerback's in phase with Shark when the ball gets let loose, like, if they're even, Shark's yeah. going to pull away and get a couple yards and, and have some room to drop that ball in. And I think we've seen that so far. And so, that is – that's the element that they – they really were missing before they got Josh Reynolds last year. And they Big still time. were kind of missing after they had Josh Reynolds. And now, yeah. um, I mean, he's a guy that – if if defenses are going to leave defenders one on one against him out there, uh, Goff should be throwing to him every time he drops back until they <laughs> they change that that coverage because he'll get open. So um, yeah, I'd like to see just sort of how that looks. Um, that that's an interesting position for me because I think we know the top three, maybe the top four. I guess you probably put Khalif Raymond in there. Cephas has been banged up. Um, I would yes, have had him has. as as the five, but right. I don't know. I, Trinity Benson seems uh, like yeah, it has no, not, he's come back to earth. A yeah, he's come back to earth. It is not. He's you know he hasn't done as much that I've seen that has stood out, uh, and I think it's because like in Cephas looked good until he got hurt, right? And Kennedy is yeah. starting to do the, the Tom Kennedy things again, right? And the guys at the top are really working. And you know what I mean? Like Reynolds and Chark and Amon Ra are really, really working. And so uh, it's a lot of what we are used to seeing sometimes from the underneath receivers uh, is overshadowed every day, frankly, because Shark is not taking snaps off and neither is Reynolds and neither is St. Brown. They're not giving reps away. Last year in camp, Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman couldn't have given those reps away faster, right? They were like, anybody else but me, I don't, you know, I'm hurt. Somebody else could do it. These guys are out there working, so 
the bottom of the the bottom of the roster, it's made it, I think, even harder for them to stand out because you've seen, like we saw a catch from DJ Shark yesterday in the back of the end zone between two safeties where he's getting hit and he's still getting both feet down. And it's like, they're the ones who are making the woe plays. That's what, you know, if I could communicate anything to anybody about that position right now, it's that the top of it looks like a professional, you know, wide receiver core. And it didn't last year. And, you know, that is, I think, going to help. And that's why I think you've seen, that's a big part of the reason why golf has been, like you're saying, like great examples all over the place that I, they are coming to mind here just from a couple practices. Like, you know, him taking and just ripping the ball down a sideline when a guy's in one-on-one. Don't look and see, you know, where he's at when the ball lets go. Let the guy go make a play and adjust. And they've had so many chunk plays in camp this year that they didn't last year just because of that. And so, uh, you know, the, the top of the chart in that receiver room is the story this year, and the bottom of it was the story last year. You know what I mean? And it's changed. And I think that that's important to note here. And, I, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see if that all carries over. But, yeah, Trinity Benson's come back to earth because I think the guys in front of him have made it harder to stand out, and I think that's mm. kind of part of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I will be curious to see what they decide because Tom Kennedy – I don't think is ever going to be a great NFL receiver. No, but they like having no. him around. He's a good guy to have in the roster, and I've seen he seems like he keeps showing up here every once in a while yeah, in practice. Yeah, and same with Pimpleton too. Like, I, yep, he does a few the things. little bit I, back in the spring for sure, and then the little bit I've seen, you know, yeah, he's he gonna, gets the ball I think in his he's hands. Gonna he's going to make it through the first round here. Yeah, of cuts for sure. I, maybe I will. I think he might get a pass to the next week. Yeah, we'll see. Of course, those guys will also have Blau and Boyle throwing to them, exactly. so you so don't. It's hard. Yeah. No. I mean, it, what, is there, <laughs> before going. we go to a different position, <laughs> is there any separation for you there uh, in that backup quarterback spot? I mean, you know, it's, I feel like it's a similar conversation and it's going to, it's <laughs> going to be one of those where, yeah, we're going to have to see what they do in the preseason. And I guess, you know, frankly, if it looks like it did last year again, and, you know, what do you, what, you're right. Then that's going to have to be a question <laughs> that we probably get into with him maybe later yeah. in um, camp. But uh, I haven't seen him much. I mean, hey, look, Jared Davis had a what would have been basically like a ninety-five yard pick six yesterday in the red zone against TB two twelve. So Tim Boyle, <laughs> you tell me, okay? And Jared is not known for his pass coverage, and he'd probably be the first one to tell you that. So, so like, right? Yeah. yeah, that's where we're at with that one. It's not. No one is separated to my eye. Golf has been very good, and you know they've been happy with that. But yeah, yeah, we're gonna see here in the next couple of weeks about the backup. If Tim Boyle's ready, you know that's it's up to him. I think that's gonna be the the telltale. Uh, I mean, I think we've covered at this point how good this offensive line can be. Um, so, two questions for for you, I guess. We've talked about Taylor Decker maybe being the key to this going to the next level because Jonah Jackson's developed Frank Ragnall's an elite center. Sewell looks like he could be an elite tackle. Mm-hmm. So is Decker, does Decker look like he's at a level to match up with that? Like, is he going to be able to help him yeah. elevate? And then the second thing is that we keep coming back to is the depth. And for me, that remains a glaring red flag, yes. but I don't know if maybe you have a better feel for it at this point. So, Decker, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, and I don't think we're going to know until we get through maybe two or three weeks of the season, right, to see how everything holds up because they have been careful with him. Um, they've been careful with his workload, and they've handled him. 
they've probably started to handle him a lot more like they would handle Brockers. You know, like Taylor doesn't, you know, he's out there when the ones need to get work in live. But I mean, there's a lot of times where he's not live when maybe other guys are. Or And I, I don't know how they sh- shake it out, but, you know, he's getting one-on-one reps, maybe not as much, right, as some, as like Izay, the younger tackle, might be getting. But I still think with him, it's, it's, it's as much about, they see him as, and he's talked a lot about being the older guy with um, almost like, as Frank's older too now, I guess with Frank and Vitae to help Jonah and Panay and some of the other young guys about, you know, tricks and little things and just do your job. You, you don't need to overwhelm people physically anymore. You know, that's not Taylor Decker's job. It's going to be to make sure that, you know, the pocket is, is set the way it needs to be set to make sure that he's holding up, um, you know, in the ground game, the way that we know he can. Right. And I think that what we've seen from the first line is sort of shown that, but yeah, the big question with him will be, can he hold up? Because, there's just not, there's still not a lot of answers there, you know, behind him. Because if you got to move Sewell back again, okay, cool. He could do that. <laughs> and I think well, no one's worried about that. But, like, if Decker got hurt and you had to move Sewell back, then, you know, Izay is an interesting young tackle, but he's not ready. Um, and, and the rest of those guys are, are battling. But, again, they really haven't developed a backup there yet that you really would trust. And as much as we've talked about Evan Brown – being, you know, a solid backup center, and that's important, you know, that's about it still. And so, you know, Stenberg, I have not seen what I would call a turn uh, from Logan, although we'll have to see what he does in this game, right? Like, that'll be another, we're right back to where we were a year ago, I think, in that case. Like, you're, you're waiting to see how some of these guys hold up in preseason, because in a lot of cases, when I've seen the backups in there, against the ones or twos on defense, it's not been pretty. <laughs> so, like, it's been very similar. But, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It's not where it probably needs to be. But, yeah. Uh, tight end. Um, Hawkinson, I think, is locked in. James Mitchell, uh, that was one That's of the big takeaways for me yeah. being out there. Um, that He yeah. looks like he's moving really well and blocking fairly Very well. well so yeah. uh, uh yeah I, I was surprised at sort of just how far along he seems to be you know physically coming back from that knee injury so i would assume at this point you just mitchell put him on the roster for the yes. week one right so that's two of maybe three um and then you have like 14 other guys trying to get on the team so so it's uh, brock Wright or zilstra would be my and i and zilstra has Garrett Griffin in there at all? I mean, probably a New Orleans guy, yeah. Probably, but I, Zilstra, and then you know Funchess, I guess, would be a tight end, but he's almost been a receiver, and I don't think he's been hurt. So you know, he's got a long way to go if he's going to make it. I don't know if that's going to happen, but Zilstra has looked okay. I mean, and they like him. We know that he's looked okay. Um, and again, with him, it's about health and everything else. But I do think they're going to come away from this week and probably next week after the Colts feeling a lot better about Mitchell. Yeah, because he, we just talked about Davis a second ago. He t- he had a take on in, in run fits maybe this week or last, whatever it was, where he took Davis on, uh, uh, you know, in the middle, and it was fine. And he, you know, he blocked him. And I was like, okay, if you can take Jared Davis on in the box, your knee is fine and you can do the things that they hope you can do. So, you saw him squat down, get underneath, and, and root him out. I still – I was reminded of how much I liked the James Mitchell pick um, 
the last couple times I was out of practice because yeah, you're right. He's moving well again and you can see the flexibility and sort of squint and see maybe what they want him to become uh, long-term. So it was good to see him back out there. And then let's just wrap up the offense and then take a quick break and go to the defense. But the running back spots, uh, Swift, Jamal Williams, uh, man, Campbell might demand that they keep signing Jamal Williams as long as Dan Campbell's here. It seems like that's one of his guys at this point. uh, You know what? And Swift has been great. There's not a whole lot to say on him other than he's been very focused and good and all the stuff that we talked about from him in the spring is still holding over and Staley continues to, you know, push him and everything else. But Jamal Williams, the thing that hit me, um, Jamal Williams is Dan Campbell's Dan Campbell, if I had to make a guess. When Sean Payton uh, kept signing him and Bill Parcells kept signing Dan Campbell because they were like, I need a guy on my team that can do this, that is Jamal Williams. And I I wonder the same thing if they keep saying, let's keep him around. Because when they had a crappy practice and he was like, I don't want to look at this anymore, and he walked off, he was like, Jamal, you go send them in that was not on accident so <laughs> right. yeah yep uh that that's what hit me uh, yes jamal doing well but i mean i think that more than anything you know that's a spot that the focus i think is much higher because swift i think is you can see how he's working there's no he does not take any time there's no he's not sitting out there's no rest days <laughs> i mean i'm sure that they have some but he's out there working every single day so that's been uh probably encouraging for them to say for sure is that still craig reynolds at the three because yeah a, i think so because a collection he got, of guys there that are interesting he got dinged up the other day so we'll see he had to leave i think practice the other day so we'll see how it goes i would say yes but jamar jefferson's also ran really well I, and justin jackson just got signed so mm-hmm. you know interesting looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so let's flip over to the other side of things. We talked about Hutchinson and, and his growth. I mean, I think at this point it's fair to say that he's going to be starting in week one if he's healthy, yeah. right? Um, yeah, they had him on the sheet there, and it looks like that was probably – I mean, that one was pretty closer to being real, I would think, yeah. than anything. So Hutchinson, McNeil, Brockers, Harris probably are your starting four uh, yeah. for that opener. Still haven't seen Romeo, right? Like he's not nope. doing anything yet, uh, at least on the field with the team. Um and Levi and well. Levi's been banged up, and now Julian's banged up, right? Right. So, yes. <laughs> so and Pascal is still and hurt. And Pascal so. is still hurt. Uh, and though they do think that I think Pascal will be back faster than they originally anticipated, and like the, it's hard to say because he had one of those sports hernia things, right? Uh, like based on the timeline that Campbell gave us, like it didn't seem unreasonable that he might be back out there by the end of training camp to be hitting and stuff. And Campbell acted like they thought he might even be able to be faster. So we'll see if he's able to get back out there. But the ultimate point here is that Levi is hurt again. Julian O'Quara wasn't out there yesterday. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's getting thin. And it's starting to, as much as you like the growth from Aiden Hutchinson, and I think McNeil's continuing to have a good camp, I liked what Levi looked like until he got hurt. But, you know, like... (laughs) 
That's back-to-back training camps that he is missing valuable time. And, like, it's not like Levi on, on was re- It's not like he's not a big part of this. Like, he... <laughs> part of the reason why they made their shift in... Right. And what right, they did up yeah. front is him. Um, and, you know, like, for him to miss time right now... And Campbell hasn't talked about it much. They haven't really got into it. Because it's, it's it hasn't been that many days that he's been missed. But it's been a couple, right? And so... Yeah, it's it's one that you're looking at and you're like, I, that would be one that I would start to wonder about in terms of depth because there's just not a lot there in terms yeah. of proven depth. Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think Austin Bryant at the start of this offseason looked like a guy who just didn't fit with the numbers or anything. And now you kind of look now at him wonder. and say, well, they seem to like him, first of all, and they like the production yeah. and the length and everything. and. So you sort of party plays, yeah, right. Maybe moved him back to the other side of the cut line. I, I mean, James Houston's kind of interesting, but he's a you know sixth round pick who kind of bounced around spots in college. Uh, Demetrius mm-hmm. Taylor, I think, has been interesting. Campbell, I saw yep. talked about him Monday or Tuesday, just how he makes yep. a play every day. Always um, looks good. Yep. But those are, I mean, that's an undrafted defensive tackle. Exactly. Like said uh, Kaminsky, James Houston's a sixth rounder. Kaminsky, uh, Kaminsky yeah. is is one of the guys that if you pulled, you know, all the beat writers, they would tell you, you know, that's a guy everybody wants to see against the Falcons because he's made plays pretty consistently against the twos here in pass rush situa- situations. But you know, you'd like to see what he can do against. Can he go play on first down inside? You know, can he hold up because he's athletic, right? He can get make a work a move on a guard and beat a guard and go make a play in the backfield, but, like, can you rely on him to be, you know, a a guy who can play first and second down? And, like, that's a big one for a lot of those guys underneath because if the answer is no and Levi's hurt for a longer period of time and Julian, who I would still argue needs to get stronger, you know, to really be the full operational version of himself, if he's hurt too and Romeo's still on the mend, then, well, now we got to go talk about signing somebody, I would think, again. And I already signed that Bugs, uh, Bugs. So Campbell loves his name, by the way. Um, but so they already signed one, but I almost wonder, right? Like if you get through the Falcons game and you're still having a lot of questions and guys are still hurt. Well, that's not good uh, at all. So, yeah. yeah I'm, well, the depth, I mean, if nothing else, you're just sort of losing your flexibility. That was one of the things like, well, on right. third down, you can move Hutchinson inside and you can do all these things with all the right. other guys. And But if you don't have players behind him that like who are you putting on the edge then at that point if julian's exactly. not playing in week one or whatever right. you know not that he's gonna miss games but right you know, like james houston's probably not ready you know like that's you know the reality um, so like yeah right exactly and so inside too i mean brockers didn't really play against the pass last year he was a two down guy a lot of the season and mcneil right. too was the same thing they didn't really use him in pass rush spots so if you're sticking to that strategy um I don't know that you want to move Hutchinson inside necessarily if he's no. playing well on the edge. I mean, he can, but uh, yeah, same Levi thing for is the versatile, the most versatile guy of the inside guys that they yeah. have. And Pascal could be the one that you know, depending on where his weight and strength is at and everything when he comes back. But those two are the keys to this whole thing being, you know, the way we try to explain it, like. People get so fixated on even front, odd front, whatever. What are you? Uh, you're a four three team, or you're three four. What are you? that's all antiquated, and that's not how you should look at it anymore. Like it can morph and rotate and shift and change. The more you have guys that can play multiple spots, Aiden Hutchinson can play three spots, maybe four. Like Charles Harris can play two, maybe three. Right? Julian can play two, maybe three. Levi can play three spots 
if he's healthy and in shape and ready to go. And him being hurt and on the sideline is going to start pissing people off because, like, they know they know how valuable he could be if he's out there and ready to go. And it's like, dude, what's going on, man? Like, and I don't know what his injury is, so maybe it's a freak thing, and who knows? But it's like, man, like he missed a lot of really important time, and it never felt like he caught up last year. And you're st- and my immediate worry for him is like, is that going to happen again? And if it does, then yes, they would have to rethink probably quite a bit about how they want to play up front this season. I think, I mean, is Jared Davis, are we still talking about him as an edge? No, I don't, edge not really. Uh, he's mostly been inside. Okay. Uh, I saw him yesterday in the red zone. His pick actually was when he was out as like one of those wide nine uh, type okay. deals. So, but mostly he's been inside as a linebacker. So, um Houston has been uh, working on the edge, as yep. we would have expect. So uh, that seems like where he's going to be. Austin Bryan, of course, too. So, and, ch- and the other thing, too, to note would be Charles Harris looks very good. He looks improved, even from what we saw last year, which I think is saying something because he had probably the best camp of anybody um, a year ago. But he's got even more, I think, to some of the stuff I've seen from him in terms of pass rush. feels like he's added more to his game. Well, that's the – I mean, they need – Campbell talked about it when they brought in bugs, but I, it feels like that they might have to go get a body inside to help them defend the run at some point. Just someone who can hold up in there. I don't. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it, there's not a lot of depth, and there's not. Exactly. No. You know, the, the, this first matchup against the Eagles. I mean, that was one of the games last year where their defense just got exposed because exactly. it couldn't compete in the front seven. And, and he talked about that when they lost Penasini, right? It's like we did lose actually a guy that we're going to have to replace because we don't have another guy on the team that can eat space like that. So, right. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. So that, uh, that's, I don't know. They need some guys back. Obviously Pascal, like you mentioned, you don't, you don't want to like hinge all your hopes on him, but a that rookie, was, right? yeah. that was one of the reasons they drafted him. Exactly what you're talking about. Just yep. being able to play. I mean, he was going to be their inside pass rusher. I think yes. at least I one think of so. them. Like yeah. him and Cornell, maybe. I don't know who else is going to be in that role, but that was going to be his. Yeah. yeah, inside out guy. That was going to be his job: go in there on third down and get to the quarterback as an inside pass rusher. And so you need him out there. I mean, he doesn't need to play fifty-five snaps a game. Like if you can get him healthy enough to play fifteen snaps, that might be enough exactly. to get the season started. So yeah, we'll see there. Um, linebacker uh, Malcolm Rodriguez drumbeat keeps getting louder there. <laughs> Uh, they tried to bury it on that unofficial depth chart. They had him wow. all the way down at like seventh string. That's bullshit. He is not seventh <laughs> string. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. But so he yes. was like fourth string for a while when they were doing, you know, yeah, just reps I, wise. And now he's getting first and second team reps. So it's an interesting. Here's the I. Anzalone is the only guy that you could say of the you know. So there's two inside linebacker positions. Anzalone's a starter. The second. Guy next to him is either Board or Barnes or probably Malcolm, right? Like, I think by the end of this preseason game, and this will be his opportunity to make a move, because um, this is what I would say. Everything that Derek Barnes has struggled with that we, we know are some of the weaker parts of his game still that he's trying to iron out, like tackling in the box, right? Making sure you're making the right reads, um, natural sort of feel and coverage. And then just being a good tackler, being good, you know, all that. Those are the things that Malcolm Rodriguez is excellent at. He never misses tackles in the ever in the box. If he gets his hands on someone, 
even if he has to drag his body like a yard or two, like down the field, the guy's going down. Like that's what you get when he's on the field. Does he does he lose something in terms of size? Maybe a little bit, sure. But Barnes doesn't have that much more on top of it. So, uh, yeah, I think that part of this is Derek Barnes needs to take a bigger leap, and part of this is Malcolm Rodriguez is, um, I think, who you and I thought he was, and who the Lions thought he was. And why they were very excited about him when they took him. Because I think that's possibly going to be a really good, maybe a steal type draft pick. You know, maybe we'll see. But like, he looks like we expected him to look when they put pads on. Instinctive, not afraid, making plays. If he makes a mistake, you don't see it again. And, you know, it's hard to, hard to ignore that. So I don't want to like totally run the hype train over, over the tracks here, but like, He's a really good football player, and it's hard for me to see that he's. Or it's hard for me to see a switch, see a situation where he's not playing this season, right? So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But it's it's still a, a fight in there, and they do like Chris Board a lot, um, and they like Derek too. But like I, the pressure is definitely heating up on Derek Burns. Chris, I would say I feel a little bad for Chris Board because he <laughs> keeps well, like he keeps showing up on these highlight films because they keep putting him one on one against like Swift with no help and yeah, <laughs> Swift yeah, to score. Yeah. You're like, well, right. and not, not, not a whole lot you're gonna do there. But uh, what is there? What's the realistic upside for the linebacker unit? This is not going to be a top ten linebacker unit. No, like can no. they be? Average so, Canadian Yeah, decent? I think that like if they were if you got to the end of the year and they were average and you got like an if you got out of 17 games and you had like and you looked at the play from Barnes and Malcolm and you said, "Okay, both those guys are better at the end of the year than they were at the start of the year and as a unit we were okay, we held water." I think you'd probably be okay with that because that position is still in flux big time. Big like we don't know how much longer Anzalone's going to be here. You know, we just talked about maybe they keep bringing back Jamal, you know, for all those reasons. You know, they like Alex. I'm not going to say that they don't, but, like, you know, he's a guy that is probably going to get passed by somebody younger, and that's probably the plan. You know, and so, as we've talked about a lot, in two years, it seems like the plan is for them to have Malcolm and Derek Barnes playing together inside and being, the you know, sort of the leaders of that defense, more or less, in the middle of it and everything else. But you got to get there first, and then you have to learn everything first. So to me, the linebackers, I feel like I can see their plan sort of more than I can at corner. Uh, but it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's still like, it's hard for me to say that you, you can put an expectation on them being good this year. Being okay, I think you could probably ask for that. And if, it, if they're not better, because last year they were bad, right? If it's the same as last year, then I think... You're you're asking, okay, do we need to are we done drafting here? Do we need to go back in the draft and look more, you know, or make a signing or something else, you know, because I think that's what you're looking at at that at those spots this year in terms of their developmental track. And is it still where you want it to be when the year ends? Yeah. Uh well, funny you mentioned corners, because a lot of the things you were yes, saying man. were reminding yeah. me of that position. <laughs> like uh. well, it could be okay, it could be maybe there's some upside there, but even as you're saying, well, what's the what's linebacker going to look like two years from now? I would have the same right question at corner because you, you've got to make a contract decision on Oruwariye. We don't know, still don't know about Okuda. Harris has never been a full time corner. Yep. Uh, Mike Hughes on a one year deal. Parker. I mean, like there. I don't know who is like if you're looking at this in that frame of reference two years from now. 
Yeah. Who are you locking in on this roster for the 2024 season? Oh, well, no, I don't think you could. I don't think in good faith you could say today that anybody would be. Anyone on the, no one. And no one has done enough yet, right? That I would, (laughs) well, I mean, to be fair, you, you're saddled, you know, the Okuda contract is what it is because you have him until he's going to be here, right? I think because you, well, I guess maybe not because he's, this would be his third year. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, everyone has to prove something here. And, you know, as much as we've talked about how the offense has looked good, and there have been moments, like in, in red zone situations and some of the short yardage stuff where Will Harris has made plays and Okuda has done the stuff that we know he had to do, the physical, you know, being coming up and make, and being playing through contact and all the stuff that we know Jeff Okuda can do. And, you know, in some ways the corners probably get a harder rap from everybody right now because of what we see from them. And it overlooks a lot of where they have improved because I do think that they're better in terms of there seems to be less misassignments. There seems to be more talking. There seems to be more communication. There seems to be all that sort of thing. But you and I know, and so do they, that corners in the NFL get paid for their ability to walk across from another guy and stop him from getting open. And they do not have enough guys on this team that can do that. And that's point blank, period, bottom line. They don't have enough guys who can stop lethal weapon receivers from beating them at the line of scrimmage and getting deep over the top vertically on them, uh, still a concern, right? Like still absolutely concerned the way it was when camp started, the way it was when spring started and the way it was when last year ended for me. And I think that's also one of those that I would say in the second breath, while it is a concern, it's also fair to say, I can't judge them completely until we see them play games, real games. So it's the same conversation you and I had last year where you're like, are they really going to do this? Are they going to go into the season with these guys, <laughs> right. man? And then you're like, but they kind of have to, because if these are the guys that you have picked that you want to ride with a little bit and see and take it and take a journey with, I guess, and see if it's worth it. We have got to see them in real games against another receiver on another team when it matters, because that's when corners prove that they can play. They can go. We've seen this a thousand times. I, you know, how many training camps you've been to where you see a guy go out there and make play after play after play for three weeks in training camp, and then they go out in a game and he just gets his ass kicked because it's like it's a real game and everything changes. They have to find out who can be a gamer when it's on the line and everything else. And it's hard right now because nobody is, other than Amani, who I think they would like to see him take another step. Everybody else is kind of like, can you do it at all? And that's really the question that you still have for so many of these guys. And that's why it's hard. You're, you're sitting there waiting for Jerry Jacobs to come back. Right. Because you, because you know that he'll come back and be one of the most competitive defensive backs they have. And, you know, God love Jerry Jacobs. He is not a what we would consider to be a long-term answer for a number one quarter spot. Maybe he will become that. I don't want to tell him something he can't do. But, you know what I mean? Like, that's the situation still. And it's, uh, yeah. It's one where I think some decisions are going to have to be made here. Um, maybe middle of the year, end of the year, if some guys can't pick it up. But yeah, it's it's go time for a lot of those guys. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me, and people were asking after Saturday, I was, I was complimenting the offense, sort of what you're saying. Like, well, is, are they getting open or is it just not? Yeah. It's just exactly. no one covering them. And I think... My answer was yes. Right. It's always kind of in between in training camp. It was the same thing last year. Like, is the offense really that bad or is the defense a lot better? And then we found out the offense really was really that, that bad, bad and the yeah. defense wasn't better. And so, you know, but 
I will say that I think as you look, and Okuda didn't play in that scrimmage on Saturday, so right, you know, yep. you're still going and off. They've been of, careful with him, yep. right? So it, he, how he plays in the preseason, if they let him, and how he does against Indianapolis, those will be big tests. But I will say, like, they don't have the thing with watching them against Shark and to some extent Reynolds is they don't have a lot of guys who if you're going to put in man and they're just going to flip their hips and turn and run with a speed receiver and exactly. stay with them. Like they Can't don't, do it. if if, the, if it's going to be in front of them, if you're going to have them coming downhill, if you want them to be physical on guys and compete at the ball and all that sort of stuff. Sure. And Oruwariye has some, he's shown all the way back to his college career, kind of uh, almost better closing speed at the end of plays than maybe I agree. shows up people realize, yeah. everywhere mm-hmm. else. Um, so I like he gives you a chance at least there, but that's they don't have like you said a lockdown guy, and there are going to be some matchups for them that are certainly going to be tougher than others. Like the Indianapolis one, uh, I keep going back to those joint practices, but I'm thinking against like you know they've got uh, Pittman and right, yeah. they drafted Alec Pierce, and like I think the Lions corners will go in there and compete against those guys, and they might look okay against those guys. And then they also have like Paris Campbell, and I don't know who's going to cover him. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like there's there's just going to always be one or two matchups against these corners. It's going to be tough. I don't know that every week. Yeah, a healthy Okuda, even in his, even when they drafted him as a rookie, I don't know that he was <sighs> yeah. like going to be that. So you know, let's talk about guy. him for a second. Let's talk about him for a second, and yeah. I'm curious your thoughts on on where he's at, all you've heard, everything else, because he does he's. He's in shape, ready to go, rocked yeah. up, looks strong, he's into it, mentally, all the things we would expect from Jeff Okuda. And, hey, man, like, he has made plays around the ball. He's been around the ball uh, in the red zone. Similar to what I would say we saw from him last year in camp. Improved in a lot of areas. But when it comes down to if you have to go walk out on an island and run against the guy who has sort of like that second-level gear, I don't think he has that. Like, I don't know if he has the ability, like you just said, to flip your hips and stay with a guy the whole way. And really, and when, you know what I mean? And not be in a constant, like, you're gassed chasing right now. You're two steps behind and you are maxed out chasing to where even if you can catch up a little bit, you're not going to be able to make a play. Because you're spending all of your energy just to catch up. Like, that's my concern still a little bit with him because we have seen him get got over the top in ways that are familiar. And so, you know, I know you haven't been out there every day, but like, what is your, uh, what do you, what do you want to see from Jeff Okuda is, is what I would ask you here for not only the preseason, but what is your sort of like read on this whole situation from what you know and, and how things are going to go here? Well, I think, you know, even maybe even more than like straight line speed for these corners, the thing that has been a challenge and is a challenge is we, we were talking about the the nuance we've seen from shark at receiver mm-hmm. and that St. Yeah. Brown shows top of the row. Yeah. I don't know that the cornerbacks are to a point at the right now where they are recognizing enough of those. I think that was a lot of the problem last yeah. year. Like you'd see guys, it's not even just that, just that like they're going to get beat on a go route, but Okuda's going to try and jump a slant and give up a slant and go for 50 yards. Like he, mm-hmm. there's a lot of these, a lot of these routes, I think that you're seeing where just because Okuda hasn't played a whole lot, Harris is playing a new position. Jacobs yeah. will be coming back. Like, 
I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of question marks there about just how far along they are in terms of uh, just the mental development of that position and just recognizing what they're seeing and the speed of the game and all those things. And it's tough at any point. It was going to be tough for Okuda coming off this injury. And now to talk about maybe throwing him back in in the starting lineup. I don't know. And we don't also don't know how he's going to react. That's always the thing we keep coming back to on him too. Like if he goes in there and the first play from scrimmage against Philadelphia, he bites on a move and gets burned. Yeah. Right. Is he going to bury that and move on? Or is he going to, is that going to bother him the rest of the game? game. He's going to have a terrible game. We don't know. Um, And so I think that that's tough. You know, Aaron Glenn always says his thing is always, you know, you can't be afraid of playing young players. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's really what it is. It's not so much the physical stuff. It's just like, well, what if they see something they've never seen before? How are they going to react to it? Exactly. Do they have an instinctual way to shut that down? 100%. Um, and that's and I don't what we know that these guys game. do. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I think that was why Jacobs was so impressive last year is because you, like physically, whatever. Like he's not Mm-mm. the greatest specimen you've ever seen on the field, but he read those routes better than I think you see yeah, Okuda read. And I think to some extent, or worry read. It's a great point because I think Jeff is still, to a degree, when you watch him, exactly in the situations you're talking about. You know, it's hard because I think when he was at Ohio State, he played on, you know, basically the equivalent of at the time, Georgia's defense last year. It wasn't as good, but like, you know, they were loaded, guys all over the place. You know, you didn't have to. Be focused on all. You could take chances. You could recover. Like, I still think that he's either not respecting enough of what other guys can do or trusting himself too much on certain things and hasn't quite figured out, like you said, and prior to that is time on task, hasn't quite figured out how to make it work for him, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, because you know what you can do and what you can't do as an athlete. Jerry Jacobs is a great example of a guy who knows absolutely what he can and can't do, and he's not going to get himself in a situation to get burned on something stupid because he can't recover on it, right? Same thing. Okuda needs to move more toward that area of playing football and less toward, I'm a five-star, number three draft pick, I am perfect, I am a superstar. Dude, you need to figure out how to stop a guy from getting wide open over the top before anything else happens. That is still... I think number one at top of mind for him, and it's it's why it's hard to really judge anything he's doing right now, and it will be for me all preseason because like we will not know until they play a game with him, a real game, uh, because there was still so much more to unpack before the Achilles with him that gets lost in this. Um, that it's a huge year, obviously for him, and everybody knows that. But you could uh, there was still a play the other day where Khalif Raymond beat him over the top, right, right in front of the fans. Everybody saw it. And some of the come on, you know, the fans, come on, Okuda, you know, you could, and he <laughs> walked and he got off, walked off the field, took that helmet off, and he was furious. Okuda was right, and so that's the stuff where you're like, dude, like you gotta move on, like that can't be yeah. your reaction. And I still think that they're working some of that out with him, and yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, hey, man, I it's hard to you know it's hard to fault him. He's been through a lot, been through yeah. a lot here in the last couple of years. All right, so obviously they could get some help. If the safeties yes. are really good. Um, well. <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey, I do. I am interested, though, because 
I, you know, Walker and uh, and uh, Elliot, I, you know, they're the starters. They like those guys, and we'll see about those guys long term. But they have moved Melifonwu to safety. Yeah. And Kirby Joseph is rocketing up the uh, backup depth chart there. And I think that Kirby and uh, Melifonwu are starting to get, and Chase Lucas, who I think might be a little corner slash safety. They like those guys. Those, oh, interesting. Uh, you know, okay. Yeah. And um, I think that they're all in on Iffy as a safety. Um, and I think they're all in on it, not just because of the traits. I'm going to write about this more this month, but I, you know, they like his IQ and everything else. And I think he's embraced it and that could, you know, we've touched on it some and everybody knows how I feel about it, but like, that's, that's been interesting to see. He's made some plays too. He made a pick, uh, had a nice pass breakup and, you know, Joseph has not been afraid to hit at all. He has been, you know, all the way what they, what they sort of wanted him to be. So you've got the two older guys in front, the two younger guys in back. I think that's a better situation than we've seen in the last few years here at safety. But do I think it's a good, do I think it's going to be good on the field? I don't know. <laughs> well, so the, the Melifanu thing's interesting. Cause I think that's what's jumped out is just that it really has. And, yeah. and I've only seen like, I've only seen him a couple times so far, but you watch him and he's, Finding the football, he's getting the football, he's breaking right. up passes, getting his hands hitting. on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Joseph, too, like that was one of the big reasons they drafted him. He had however many interceptions it was last year. You know, he was just around the ball all the time, playmaker. That is what they don't have. At least right. that's what they haven't had from Walker. And Elliott, I think, has one career interception. That's just not his game either exactly. so far. You know, he's a solid safety, but he's not a flip the field, multi interception guy. Yeah, Joseph, and maybe Melifon will give them at least exactly. some hope for that element. So I think that that is that's really intriguing because that's what yeah. they need. That they need some guys other than Ora Worier who are going to intercept <laughs> passes at some point this season. Well, Colton and I have talked about this a lot, um, but I I do think that they want to play uh, a third safety because of just the situation at like. Sure. Almost, almost use another safety, a third safety as a nickel, and be the guy who can go up there and sort of play in the slot a little bit too. Because they've got Kirby and Melifon, who are guys that aren't really afraid. You know, they've got the traits; they can go up there and be physical with people. I could definitely see a situation if those guys continue. You know, Melifon was hurt the other day, so I don't know what his deal is, or if it was whatever he was out there he just didn't practice. But if those guys keep, you know, climbing. I could see a situation where they jump some of those corners and get more playing time in rotation, right, than some of the corners would. So certainly when they're on the field in backup roles, you know, when the starters are out and they put those two in there, like that'll be very interesting to see if they're healthy and all that. All right. So uh, takeaways, uh, you talked about what you're looking for on Friday, but I guess we, you know, you're two weeks into camp now, almost, I think, Wednesday's the last day that fans are allowed out there. It's sort of transitioning into, yeah, that's true. You know, slowly into regular season mode. So, um, you feel like this team's better than it was two weeks ago, though. I, do. I mean, that's always the big thing. Like, are they getting better? It seems like they are, but you've been out there, so. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that they're. I think that they're better. Um, I think they're getting better in the areas they need to be getting better at, and I think they'll be a. There are concerns, you know, un- Levi needs to get back. That's the one thing that I would say is starting to bud into one that I would say is, is kind of a concern where it's like, 
I thought that would be one that you'd be closer to checking off is like, that's where we want it to be, right? Mm-hmm. And offensively, it's all where you want it to be, is what I would say. They're ready to go. Like, the, the offense is what you could ho- – Let, let's put it this way. It's going to be, I think, it's going to give you everything you could ask or ho- reasonably hope the personnel to give you. They're in for it. Like, they work and they're serious about it. And I think that if you're playing a average to leaky to not here for it defense, they're going to be able to score points. And, you know, I think they're going to be able to run the ball on most people. And if you can keep Goff's confidence up, you're going to be in games. And so the team is better than it was a year ago at this time. It's better than it was, yes, I think when camp started. It's better than it was when minicamp ended. The competition on the roster has improved, and you can sort of see that continue to grow. And that's why we're at a weird point right now, because we need to see, like, I need to see them play a real game, not a preseason game. <laughs> like, Colton will get to see them play, you know, in, in practice uh, in Indy, and that'll be beneficial. That'll be probably the most valuable thing any of us get to see in preseason, right? Uh, whatever those reps are. But, like, we need to see, like, all of us who are around the team every day, I feel like we're at the point now where we – we kind of need to see them, you know, go through a stretch of, of games and see how some of these guys are, are going to respond because I'm confident that they'll continue to get better at the areas they, you know, that we've targeted that they need to get better at. But there's a difference between getting better and, you know, performing and getting it done. And we're at a point now where guys have to start getting it done or you got to move on from them. And I think that that's where some of these conversations about are, you know, I need you to trust me. I need you to be all in on this. And that's where that stuff gets harder because not everybody, go, not everybody goes at the track you'd like them to. And some people start having to fall off the ride, right? Like on the old Willy Wonka tour, or whatever you want to call it. And so I think that that's where they're headed to next. That's a good thing, but it's also a challenging thing. So I do think they're, they're growing, but you know, we got to see it live and in color and all that. Um, Coming up next, I'm, I'm curious. What is there anything in particular that you would need that that they could show you that would tell you that you're they're on the right sort of track, or is that still too early for any of that? I really want to see a couple guys emerge in that front seven. That not that yeah. not the starters even necessarily, but some of these other guys. We just feel a little better about how competitive they can be on a week in week out basis. Cause you're not getting through the year with four right. or five defensive linemen and two no. linebackers. Like you're going to need some help there. So to get a big, to get Pascal back healthy or to see, like, I think John Kaminsky is really interesting guy. Like if he has a really good preseason, you'd feel better about that spot. He's experienced. He's played in a couple different systems. Good athlete. Um, yep. Good athlete. So yeah. And same thing at linebacker. Like if Rodriguez looks the way we think he will, or, like Sean Dion Hamilton, still a guy they yeah, really right. like. If he's yep. solid all preseason, you start to feel better about that spot. So that's for me. I want to see some of those like fringe, mm-hmm. too deep guys step up because then you feel better not just about the top of the roster, but about sort of the depth all the way through. So that's yeah, that's it for me. Um, said, are you going Friday? You gonna be at the game Friday? Or no, no, I'll watch, okay. but I'm not right. gonna be there Friday. So uh, we got two there. I'll be there somehow. So one way or another you'll be in some capacity either in the press box or the stand somewhere um (laughs) and colton will be there and then like we mentioned colton will be at uh down in andersonville wherever yeah (laughs) in colt's land down at colt's camp next week for those uh few days of lions colt's joint practices we'll have our next show 
Yeah, we'll do uh, that. Then yeah. uh, calling in from down there, give us some some good insight. I'm sure we'll get a ton of really cool looks at those matchups. And yeah, those are always really fun and really yeah. revealing about sort of where the roster's at. Oh, so yeah. uh, we'll get back to that. I always check theathletic.com. Tons of content from Nick and Colton on everything that's been going on on camp so far. Um, Nick's Great hard knock stories up there for Colton. Hard knocks, too. Yeah, a couple. Nick Colton's got yeah. a couple of hard knocks things up there. Uh, Nick's got some draft content up, too. Um, head over to theathletic.com. I believe you can still get a dollar mm-hmm. on subscription. So, if you haven't gotten that yet, check that out. Uh, so, we'll be back next week. You can find us ad free on the app as well as on Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. So, for Nick and I guess uh, for Colton, who will be back with us next week. I'm Chris. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.